Migration Media, this is Migratory Patterns. I'm your host, Mike Shaw. What do you lose when you move overseas? As expats and migrants, we often talk about the things we gain when we move overseas. We talk about new opportunities, we talk about new perspectives, but we very often don't discuss things that we lose. We leave behind connections, we leave behind family, we leave behind experiences. For my guest this week, Joanna Saavedra, this is a question that is very present in her life. She's recently experienced a death in the family, and while death is a constant we don't like to talk about, it's something that is really difficult for people who have chosen to live overseas. Very often, we're separated from our emotional support systems, we're cut off from our families, and when we grieve, we often have to do so alone. For those of us who are lucky enough when we can travel back to our home countries to be with our families, it can cause a real crisis of faith. And I'm not just talking about the faith of your religion. I'm talking about the faith that you're on the right path, that you're living the right life that is true to you, and it brings into stark relief all the things you've left behind. Now don't worry, this interview isn't all doom and gloom. We do talk about happy and fun things, but the death of a family member is a topic that is something that's not often talked about in expat circles. And while experiencing the death of a family member is a universal human experience, it's a new one for expats because we do it in a different way. Circumstances force us to do it in a different way. And for those of us who have made the choice to live overseas, it's cer- these are circumstances that are of our own making, which can add a whole other layer of complexity on top of the grief. I'm very thankful to Joanna for coming in and having this conversation. It's not an easy thing to do, but I think we're all going to be better off for her having come in. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Joanna Saavedra. <music> Joanna Saavedra, welcome to Migratory Patterns. Thank you. Where is home? Home. Well, that is a question that I've been talking with some friends lately, but um, I think home now is where I am. So home for me now is is Beijing. Beijing. Yeah. Even that I kind of felt it. Well, I, I'm 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 away from home, the other home. I would say Portugal, mm-hmm. uh, for eight years now. And in the beginning, while I was living abroad, for me, it was always Portugal. You know, every time I was going home, it was always like that. But now I think with the past of the years, with the, the, the time you're going back to see your family, it's less and less. So I think home is really the place where you are as hmm. well, because you build your own family here with your friends, with, with your projects. And um, of course, that. It could be, yeah, it could be confusing to define it after a while, but I would say now, yeah, it's between, it's between Beijing and Portugal now. Like, like it's a competition yeah. between Beijing and Portugal? Uh, I, I think so. It's really difficult to define it home now because, and uh, yeah, and it's ca- kind of a tough question in a, a tough moment, but I would say I still feel home when I'm back. But I don't see myself going back because it's also not home anymore. So it's complicated. And at the same time, for the past three years, my life is in Beijing. And it's a very intense and um, unique life as well. So in, and at the time, like I think all your friends here, all, all the family that you chose end up being home. It will not be my home forever, I know. And I know that probably my, my base, I will call it maybe like that, my base, my it's it's Portugal for sure. But and it's where my family is, it's where my friends from, you know, high school and university are, but 
so many things change after since you live abroad that then when you're back is not exactly the same anymore. It's so funny you say that. This is a, this is something that's not come up with anyone yet, and I'm not sure why. But I go back home. I go back to Boston. See, it's always funny. We have this word home, and we apply it to certain things, right? I consider Beijing my home. I consider it's where my wife is. It's where my life is. Mm -hmm. You know, it's my home. But I still, I always identify as someone from Boston. I'm a Bostonian, right? So I go back to Boston for pretty often. I think I've been back once a year the last few years, which is a change because after I first moved overseas, I went back to Boston, I think after my first year and then on again for four years. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have a desire to, like I had no real feeling. And I remember the trip I went back, this is when I was in the US and I reconnected with Elisa, now my wife. and. I thought that might be my last trip back to the U.S. in a while because I just had no desire to go back. I had no feeling. And I said, you know, I should go back one more time just to kind of not say goodbye to people, but just kind of reconnect and let everyone know, hey, I'm not going to be back, but I'm still thinking of you and you're my friends and whatever. But now I go back every year. You know, there's something that brings me back, whether yeah. it's, it's well, it's been Elisa, really. You know, she goes to school and I want to go visit and, you know, we go back for the holiday or whatever. But when I go back now, it's my home, it's where I came from, but it's so different. And I, and I read my local newspaper every day. I read two local, local newspapers, one a city paper every day and one a neighborhood paper that's every week. I read them religiously. So I'm up on the politics, I know about development, I know about you know construction projects, but it, it just feels different when I go back. Yeah, I, I think we use the word home most of the times without really thinking about the meaning of it. It's just, you know, it's home. It's where you grew up. It's where your family is, is, is where your you know childhood memories are. But then if you go a bit deeper and you say, but do you really feel it as home? It's, it's, I, think, I think most of us will say no. And because then all of your life from 12, 12 months, like in a year, you, you're, you're going back home for five days or 10 days and most of the times is definitely I not the same anymore and yeah I I miss my you know not 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 that much the city or but the, of course my family my friends I miss those moments you know those people that you know you can just sit next to each other and you know you don't need to come up with a great you know big deep conversation topic and it's okay and Sometimes you miss those moments, but you also can have it here in, in your new home that you're building up. Could be your home for three years, for one, one month, but in the end of the day, I think it's, it's, it's your home because you're, you're building up your life here as well. And what I feel is that also, since I've lived abroad, I become more and more observer as well. So it's kind of back home. It's the, the, the expression back home, you're you're with your family, you know, you know, they're there for you all the time with your friends, everyone has their own things. But you when you're living abroad, you're so aware of so many other things, you know, environment, society, uh, you know, how different types of education can shape you, how different types of experience can shape you, that I also think that friendships become stronger than probably some friendships you have back home, in that sense. So that's why then I always I always say that abroad for me friends are family, 
and and that's what makes you you know also strong and able to keep going in your daily life yeah this is one of the things that is i don't want to say unique about expats because there are over a quarter of a billion of us right but it's one of the things that we do when we move overseas is that we have to create our own support systems we have to create connections because by very definition of us leaving quote home we're going somewhere else where there is no family most likely in most people no family so how do you exist and and that creates i think communities of people that are very much looking for connection and open to connection at the same time so one of the things i've noticed um living here in beijing and and i can't speak to other international cities and we'll get into your journey you could probably speak a little bit more because you've lived in more places but you know one of the things i've noticed is that it's very easy to connect and make friends and everyone wants to be supportive and everyone wants to share experiences and it's it's a much easier to have that kind of chosen circle of emotional support than it is quote home yeah it's i in the end, I think we are all looking for connections, right? And especially when you live abroad, because there is more things to discover back home. And I will keep using this expression yeah. to be easier, but like, so in Portugal, of course, there's still so many things to discover. But for me, for example, from the, all the cities, all the places I've lived, I think I would know better Beijing and then also Madrid rather than my own village or even Porto where I've studied because it's Portugal, you know, it's it's your place. So sometimes you you're not as curious as you can be or as you should be. But every time you're in a different place, that especially in China, that everything is so so different. You're so curious and so eager to learn, understand, um, you know, try to 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 see how society works here. That's also why then you are eager more to make connections and to meet people, to share experiences and to learn because it's all about that, right? You share your own experiences, but you learn so much from others. And I think it's one of the, the things that I like as being an expat or that made me still choosing living abroad and still saying, hey, after China, we never know, as is this learning process that you have that is always you know adding something to you from so many different persons could be your age uh, not your age uh, working in your same industry or not but i think everyone has so many good things and uh, aspects to to teach you as well and and that's what what makes being living abroad so so special as well so you've been living abroad now you said for how many years total uh, eight years. Now. Eight years, but eight it's years. Uh, it's a good chunk of your life because you're you're a youngin. But uh, let's start let let's start from the beginning. So you said you were from a village. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm from a small small place. Small I'm place. Small small place. How many between, people <laughs> between cities? Is it's is this kind of place that doesn't doesn't even have a primary school there? So oh. I have to go to primary school to the village next door. It's that really just from one side of the street to the other it's really really small wow do you, do you know how many people live there just in Korea, i think i've maybe 500 wow 1000 i don't know yeah here's like you do have you know we're close to to, to the seaside you have the the first like i don't know biggest city half an hour but you even have mm -hmm. another city really 10 minutes but 
my my village where I where I grew up, you really you don't have a hospital there. You don't have you know it's really a place where we call it more in Portuguese, I think. Or in but it's 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 beautiful. I love it because it's really you know you can walk everywhere. Everyone knows everyone. You know it's like you go to the coffee shop and they know you from they know they know I'm in China and th there is this kind of um, you know also kind of family spirit in a way. But uh, but yeah, it's a really really small place. So even that for me, from from Korea, that it's my hometown, going to Madrid first, then Mexico, then Holland, and then China was a a progress in terms of uh, how many people living in the same space as I am. <laughs> going up population wise. <laughs> like, so there was not a very I think maybe in terms of people not a direct cultural shock because I did it gradually. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you got your feet wet here and there. Yes. So I uh, say so this is I I just love the idea of a village person, you know, a, a small village person ending up in a huge mega city like this. So let's follow this path now. So you went to uh, at a primary school that was not in your village. You had to go to the next village. Yeah. And then secondary school, high school, was that also in the next village over? It was in the city nearby, like 10, in 10 the, minutes. In the city, okay. In the city nearby, but 10 minutes. And then university, you go to... And then university, I went to Porto. Porto. So that is the second biggest city. Second biggest yeah. city. So that, does it even have a million people? Probably not, yeah. I don't know. Uh, so then you go there, and then you went to Madrid, you said. Yes. Why did you go to Madrid? So Madrid was... Don't so, the Portuguese not like the Spanish? Is there some rivalry? What there is... Not anymore, <laughs> I, I would say. And I think before it was more the other way around. The Spanish that say they don't really like Portuguese. But, okay. you know, in Europe, you still have... And, you know, I felt it still already here. Not not as much with, with the Spanish, but I work for a French company. So I felt it a bit with some French uh, people that I've I've uh, deal with uh, within China. But... There is always these things from like long time ago, Portuguese, we are a small, simple, poor country. And I think now with the new, with the young generation is changing a little bit. We're becoming, we as a country, more confident. We have economy is doing really yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're growing. We're like, you know, uh, also developing a lot of like a little bit alternative, you know, businesses, but at the same time, IT, art, culture, and we are good at what we're doing, you know, we are, but I think we never knew how to sell ourselves for the for the world, kind of. So that's why not even a lot of people, not a lot of people knows about Portugal, knows about, you know, Portuguese food or wine. Now more and more is, is changing because of all the tourism, the booming, and Portugal is really a beautiful country. So there before there was a lot of Portuguese, you know, going to Spain or going to France to do the work that no one wants to do, right? So I think until recently the idea of people about Portuguese was like that it's like you know non-educated people that just comes to do this kind of work where we buy cheap things for our country because it's, I don't think there is that that exists anymore and Spain was not my first uh, choice so when I decided I wanted to leave abroad was so I've studied all my life in Portugal. I always wanted to go to do, you know, some kind of English. I wanted to learn how to speak English, you know, probably because in Portugal you really don't speak. You just speak Portuguese. That's yeah, it. I want to learn how to speak English too. Why did you decide to go to Spain? Okay, so it's, I didn't decide to go to Spain in that way. So I wanted to work abroad. I wanted to live abroad. I decided that I wanted to have an international career at the time. I finished my university degree. I still did a few interviews to work in Portugal. What was your degree in? Economics. 
economics and what was the I guess this is to me this is kind of the seed the root of why you're an expat or why you're a migrant right so what what was when did you know you wanted to live overseas I think hmm well, I knew I wanted to have an experience, mm-hmm. but I think just while I was in Spain already, mm-hmm. I realized that I wanted more, that I didn't want to go back to Portugal because that was just an experience. It started to be just a six months internship in Madrid and then I was supposed to go back home. But then I'm kind of always open to new challenges. I never close doors. I before when I was probably in high school I was planning ahead a lot oh in five years I'll be here now I have ideas I have goals but I really open doors to anything new that can come because I think that is what can transform you as a person as well and as bring you different professional opportunities as well so I think it was while I was in Spain that I realized I like this lifestyle it's so interesting to meet new people and at the same time I liked the changes that was doing on my own personality and on my own, you know, goals and as professional as a person. So what were the changes? I became, yeah, I became more self-aware of, of others, of society. I became, I, and I came from a big family, but in the, the big family, we were always just, you know, very, just us, you know, and it's for me, I always put my family in the first place. And I was sometimes even forgetting about myself to go through my family. And I think I had that time for myself. And that is something that I just realized after as well, that I realized that, oh, I'm starting to have time for myself. I'm starting to do things that I really, I'm really passionate about it. And, and I don't feel I want to go back now. <laughs> and and I, I kept saying, and I, I always feel like there is always the right moment and you will feel when it's the moment to go back. Or you will feel when it's the moment to go to the next um, country or to the next opportunity. So more and more I believe in that. And until now, I think everything happened on that way that, you know, there is that timing. There is always, you know, these weeks or months that you're struggling because, you know, decisions, right? Choices and being an expat is a decision. It's a choice you made and it's not easy. For us, it's, we're yeah, lucky yeah, yeah, we have yeah. the privilege of making the choice. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, for us, yeah. for us definitely. Yeah. So um, for us, it's, it's, it's a choice. But even that we do that choice is not easy all the time because you just, you know, there's so many things behind you leaving, you know, timings, moments um, that you wish that you could, could be there. But at the same time, because you're you're free to do that choice right it brings you so much so much more and um and yeah for me was was a process and i think still now i every every year that pass i i kind of i observe more i kind of i grow as a person and i think every new person you meet every conversation you have it helps you to to grow and to and to keep going you know and to kind of update your goals and update your dreams you know all normally like I do have a few ideas all the time like my family or my mom is always saying well another idea she has like now she's doing this <laughs> but but it's like you know I, I think it's also because when you live abroad you see like so many things it's possible you know back home like now for example I'm working in a project back home with my brother and everyone in the family is saying why are you guys doing this and 
you should get a job and why you know this kind of mindset that it's like you know what is what is the job what is the the tradition of doing okay yeah you have to have a contract you have to put in your cv and i think because of, i'm living abroad for so many years my perspective is different and my brother was also here with me for six months so we understand each other and that's why we're doing this together but... i think expats are you know from my experience just interacting with people i think they're very entrepreneurial every yeah. we're faced with so many obstacles and so many ridiculous blockages that are put up to our lives and we're just like well if i can just pay someone to do that or if i can figure out a way to to help people over that that people will pay for that service yeah. all the time every so many businesses i mean there's a new business i just got turned on to that uh within wechat helps you find live sporting events that are streaming online like okay. you just click on the sporting event and it gives you a list of all the ways you can watch it it's just awesome and no one thinks of that unless you're kind of faced with that obstacle exactly yeah exactly it, it, it really is it's like first you see so many concepts you know that i see in china and say this could work in portugal or the other way around sometimes it's not that i'm inventing a new thing not at all i think an entrepreneur like being an entrepreneur is not just inventing something new that sometimes no you're translating yeah, yeah yeah or or you just transform it you yeah. know you you see a concept you understand it and you transform to your own country or to another market that you you know that you you know that will work so i think that's the thing and we are kind of probably not afraid i'm i'm definitely not afraid of sharing my ideas even if then someone asks so how about that and say well we end up like realizing that it was not going to work and it's okay you know but sharing for me gives me feedback you know as well give me give me also more more knowledge and to also to understand if the the concept the project is valid or not so let's talk a little bit more about your journey because this is this is actually how we got to know each other we we hung out and we just started talking about your like your path and how you went from place to place and and this is before I was doing the podcast and I actually was really inspired. You're like conversation. When we met and we had our conversation, it was one of the things that made me realize I've got to start recording this stuff because no one like I'm never going to be able to remember all the details to tell people. Yeah, you told me that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so you're in Madrid. You decide, you know, I'm going to stick it out overseas. What takes you from Madrid to Mexico? Okay, so well, first I will just go a little bit backwards. So when I went to Madrid and why I went to Madrid mm -hmm. was so I wanted to go abroad. I had I was curious. I, I wanted at the time I wanted to go to the U.S. or even China. I was already thinking about uh, Asia, and I applied for this uh, internship uh, that is promoted by Portuguese government. And it's funny because you go with a bunch of you know interviews, and then the last day. You know you're selected, but until the last day of training, there is like this kind of training out to, to prepare you to leave abroad, all those kind of things. And in the last day, they kind of pop your name on the screen with 500 more people and the name of the company and the country. Oh, so you don't even, like you go through all the training and you still don't know. You don't know. Oh. And it's it's quite it was quite exciting at the time. I was like, I don't know where I'm going to live in the next six months. But it was interesting because during the interview, they ask you, is there any place you prefer to go? Is there any place you don't really want to go? And the only thing I said was like, I really don't want to go to Spain because it's just right next door. And damn, <laughs> Spain. <laughs> so when it popped out, I was like so unhappy because Spain could be, well, luckily it was Madrid, but it could be Badajoz that is just on the border. 
So at the time was the way that I went to Madrid. Now I realize that how lucky I was because I didn't speak Spanish at all at the time. So I even I was I did a, a business English course before because I thought I'll go to an English speaking country. So with my business English I, course, I went to Spain to work as a sales in a, a Portuguese company. So so that's such that's like government just just typical government decision. Should she speak Spanish? No. Well, obviously we got to send her to Spain. So, yeah, exactly. So you know that's why I say like everything happens for a reason and. I ended up learning Spanish that I think now I'm I'm happy I did it because otherwise we Portuguese always think we speak Spanish. So otherwise I would just keep that level. Or do you speak the real Spanish? And I the spe- spe- yeah, that's so how now it works. I speak yeah, okay. the real Spanish. Yeah. Well, at least like close to it. So I'm really happy. And for, for six months, I ended up staying four years. And I really felt Madrid as my home. I was one. It's still one of the places I loved. Um... And I really miss it as a city, also as the experiences, because we were 70 Portuguese with the same trainship program. So we were like, you know, living all together, like organizing parties, going for weekends. So those six months were very intense. And then from the ones that stayed for four years or three or five, we really became a close family. But then it got to the point that I was comfortable. I loved that can my be life. dangerous. Yeah. So yeah. I was comfortable. I loved my life. You know, I had I had my my friends, my routine, but I had in the professional way I was kind of stuck. There was no progression. I was not learning anything new. There was some promises, but there was really nothing happening. You know, so I knew even like I think one year. So I stayed four, but I think from after the third year I was already ready to go. But again, I was comfortable. So when you're comfortable, is more difficult to make that decision and say hey let's go for something that I don't know or let's start again and what happened at that time was that so my boyfriend was at the time in Amsterdam working and he had a proposal to go for a project in Mexico so even before he decided or he was I just said it's a great idea I'll quit my job and I'll go as well (laughs) so yeah so you see that there's always the moment and that moment I knew I had to go so, and he was like, oh, really? I, I was really not sure. And I was like, yeah, yeah I think it's a great idea. He's Mexico- like, oh, crap, she's actually going to come with me. It's <laughs> like, yeah, I think it's a great idea. No, of course, he, he was happy. And yeah. and then, so we end up going, I end up going to Mexico because I was ready for a new project. In Mexico, then, I was living in this city that it's not the, well, that's not the best city to live. They have a few cartel a few drug lords yes yeah. cartel issues and during the time i was there for a year for one month there was really shooting and you know there were kind of there was really a complicated period so there again is like i realized like how security safety is important and how people like mexicans even with all the things happening in that city they they're still so happy to live you know they are still so some like really authentic persons and really really good friends you know they really opened the door of their houses like after one or two weeks of after they met me so there is like all these things that you learn from 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 each country and from each culture so one year there was i would say it was interesting i love mexico i love the people that's not a city that would say i would go back you know to leave i don't think it's a good city to live in the long run. I would go there to visit my friends. 
but I ended up having that year I did some part-times I was helping like um, a Portuguese company to do business development for uh, for Mexico and also for Latin America but at the same time I took it a little bit as a you know a gap year in the sense I, I travel a bit I I did like you know Mexico till Panama on the bus uh, then I went to Peru I went to Colombia so I, I kind of took that year as a okay as a break while I was just doing some part times um, to like to you know to get to be ready to the next challenge yeah so after Mexico so after that year and also the project uh, that my boyfriend had there was just for for a while we went back to Amsterdam so I was in Amsterdam for a few months and I was kind of looking for a job but at the same time I was really not sure if I wanted to stay there. I think I at the time I think I wanted a country that could, you know, could be a little bit more of a challenge for me as well. And I still had China on on my mind. So since the first year that they sent me to 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 Spain, to Spain instead of someplace else. <laughs> exactly. I still had China and I was like, okay, I've been I've been in Europe. I've traveled in Africa and I've worked as well with some African countries. I've been in Latin America, so there's still Asia, you know, missing for me. Yeah, so Asia was was still on my mind, and I think one of the reasons was that when I left Portugal in the first place, so even that I've studied economics was never, I think, my passion, you know. For me, I always wanted to do something related with international business, uh, business development, market research. So for me, I always wanted to have an international career. That was really my first goal when I decided to to move abroad and to live abroad of course that then all the rest came up but for me it was like okay so there's still Asia that I don't know and there is still a, an important part of you know of all the 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 growth and economy on in the world so it, instead of just going there and travel why I'm not going try and live there so at the time I had two offers India or or China for jobs yeah for jobs even that like so in terms of jobs as well and in terms of industries I think I'm now I'm closer to figure out exactly what I want to do but I think until now I was still figuring out it's true I was still figuring out is like okay this and this no I I worked in IT you know I really don't like it I'm really trying to look for something that I'm really passionate about it I I just I definitely I don't want to just work in a job from nine till five or nine till eight that just because it's a job that gives me a salary and I can put in my CV not at all and that yeah when my first job in in Spain I was not thinking this way but with all 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 the living abroad and my I think my personal realizations I I really I'm sure that I really want to do something that I'm passionate about it that even if I need to work sometimes in the weekend or but it's something that I'm really happy to do it right because work is such a big part of your life that could be just your own project could be work for others but if you're really not passionate about it I think it's just such a waste of time and I know that not everyone can choose you know I know that not everyone can have the choice but I also know that a lot of people could choose but they're afraid of so, so you so you're making a gutsy call here you're you're trying to make this choice what do you what do you want to try next and where you want to go yeah so how do you make that decision what where do you so for me, for example, so when I decided to come to China, uh, I didn't, I still don't to speak Chinese. Um, I was not in a big corporation that can just send me to China, right? So 
and I had already some work experience. I, I was working already for like four or five years, but I had to make a decision. So either I'm, I really want to go to China and I go a little bit backwards and I start to, with an internship again, or I just try something else where I just stay here because it's safer, right? Because I'll get a, a normal salary. Stay here in Amsterdam. Oh, yeah, or yeah. in Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So at the time I decided, I, I think I really like the challenge as well. I really like discover new things to just that first challenge of getting to a new apartment, discover where is the supermarket. And <laughs> it, it's sorts of basic things. Where do you pay the water or how do you, especially in China? Oh, yeah. But, I remember that first year was just like, <laughs> how do I buy things? Exactly. Yeah. So that I think in all the places is like that. But especially for me in China was where I felt, you know, the, the cultural shock. But so I made that decision as like, I don't mind and I'm comfortable enough to go backwards, you know, to start with an internship, to start with something that I'm also not sure because I want to go and get to know this country, this culture, and then I will figure out if it works, it works. Otherwise, I can always go back home where my family is. So there is, it's true, I have that safety. But besides that, I was just, I think I was just eager to, to get a new challenge. Yeah. So you got here how long ago now? Is it three or four years? Three years. Three years three you've been years. in China yeah, now. Yeah. Okay. And did you, are you still working with the company that you came here to get a job with? No. So I just stayed. So I, we don't have I, to, we, we don't have to tell, you don't have to tell the name of the company. I'm, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I stayed with the first company just for a year. It was a Chinese company, IT. And then after a year also because projects, but changed I, I decided I wanted to stay, to stay in China. And then I, I started to work with the company that I am now. So you did your first year to kind of see if you liked it and you found out you really liked it. Yeah, I think I felt that as well that one year was not enough to get to know China, you know. So my first year was very Chinese, I would say. So I was working in a Chinese company. I was the only foreigner in an office with 300 persons. While being IT, I would say 90% of them didn't speak English at all. And I was in the overseas department. At the time, it was a very interesting experience for me because... I, I was staying in the first few months, I was staying in the company dorm. So that's something that I know that in the, in the first few days, I was like, okay, should I still stay? Because they didn't really tell me that. So they told me, you will get a room for you, but they didn't tell me that. And I, I, would, I will share this, but they didn't tell me that I'll have to share the room and the bed with, with my colleagues, right? Wow. It, this was something that I didn't tell anyone in, at that time because I knew that if I tell that back home, they would say, come home, why are you doing that? But It's normal for them here. But it's normal. Yeah. So for me, it gives me, and I laugh about it. I think it was a very interesting experience. I probably will not do it again now. But for me, it gave me a better understanding of Chinese life, culture, and how do they relate to each other. And that definitely helped me in the job position I am now because I'm managing a team of Chinese. Uh, there is a lot of, you know, I do sales. There is a lot of contact with uh, Westerns, but also with Chinese clients. So it really gave me a better perspective and a, I think a deep understanding a little bit of, of how things work. So. It's, it's that like I could have just quit and say, hey, I'm not staying here, but I just kind of, I had to do some changes in my daily routine, but I just, yeah, I imagine. <laughs> but I, I faced it with, you know, I faced it with a smile and positive in the sense that this will bring me something. And in the end, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And 
one of the girls in the dorm, she became my very good friend. I went to her wedding and we still contact now. She's not living in Beijing anymore. So there is always things that, and I know they've teach me uh, a lot of things as well. And I've tried to teach her as well some of my own Portuguese uh, habits. So it was an interesting experience, I would say. You kind of went all in with the China experience that first year. I yeah. have to say, I, I lived in service apartments. I did not have to share my my apartment or bed with coworkers. That's really that's really amazing. We'll have to talk about that some more. But so so for the purpose of this discussion, let's. I want to broach a topic that you had, you mentioned to me uh, when we were talking before we started the interview because it's an issue that's never come up in our conversations. So we talked a little bit about when you go home, quote home, back to your home and everything mm -hmm. has changed and, and it still feels like this is the place I'm from and this is the culture that I identify with, but it's different now. And I know when I go home, I feel like a visitor. Yeah. And one of the things that can really cause that separation and, it, and it's not easy is when big life events happen with your family, with your friends, and you're not there and you're not a part of it. And you, you realize kind of it hits you in the face that I'm not there, but life goes on. And mm -hmm. it's not dependent on me and I'm out doing my own thing and that's great, but I'm losing something when I'm over. I'm gaining a lot. Like you said, you gain a lot and you're yeah. aware of what you're gaining, but you lose something, which is, is that you're no longer part of that stuff that's happening. So I know you had a death in the family recently and you had to go back for that. And you had mentioned that you would actually didn't want to have this interview for a little while because you were going through this real crisis of faith almost of mm -hmm. like do I want to stay overseas can you talk a little bit about what that thought process was yeah yeah I think it, it it's still and it will be still a bit difficult for me to talk about it but and it's not something that it's of course something that you you have some always like life moments back home that you're missing or you know a best friend is getting married or you know um, you have your brothers that are you know, finish university or there is always those kind of moments that you already think about it. You say, hey, I'm missing this and I cannot go. And but then you realize that, yeah, it's they know I'm there, you know, even if I'm not, they know that, you know, that I'm I care about them and whenever I can, I'll be there and I'll be there for them. But this time was a little bit different. And I, it's true. I think it hit me in a way that I was also not expecting And because I think sometimes we have this idea that life is forever, <laughs> mm -hmm. that, you know, your, your people, your family is always there, um, no matter what. And in this case, losing my grandma and losing my grandma that lived with us for like more than 20 years. So when I open my door, my, my room door, her room is just next, you know, in front of mine. And she was always a person. She was such a strong, independent, you know, woman until the end so the and also that's the thing so until she she was always so she was very aware of everything she was you know still giving her advices and and even that we knew she was sick like losing her and even that i felt it a little bit sometimes you have this kind of strange feeling inside that you don't want to speak out because it it, it become real right but i i felt it already like a few days before But like losing her and going back home and not having her there was a really hard thing for me. And even now still is very, I get very emotional. It's very difficult for me to talk about it because of, I think, a bunch of different things. 
first, of course, she's my grandma. She was one of the most important persons in my life. Then at the same time, I know she was always really proud because I was doing something that she could never done it before. So she was proud because I was independent. I was doing my life and following my dreams. But at the same time, and especially lately, she was asking more and more, when are you coming home? And, and then you start thinking, you know, why? Of course, I know why now, because she knew was, you know, she wanted me around. And then when I stay there, it just it felt good to be there, to be around my family so that we could support each other. And the idea of coming back was painful. You know, the idea of coming back was like, I have no energy. Coming back to China. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I have no energy to to go back to my crazy schedule work that I love, but still to go and meet people, you know, friends, to go, I have no... To come do a stupid interview for a stupid podcast, right? Kind of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I have no energy for that. And it was really, really difficult the first two, three weeks to get over it, you know. Even, I was not even, I, I just wanted to be alone. I think I needed to go through this process by myself and understand if I still really want to stay here or not. And I, I would say that I'm still not 100% sure now. Not just, of course, because of everything that happened. It doesn't mean that I'm going back to Portugal. But it just made me think twice of why am I here? Do I want to stay longer? And why do I want to stay longer? What is keeping me here? So I think this kind of situations made you, make you think more about your own dreams and projects and where are you giving your time to and with, right? Because sometimes we just waste so much time with things that are not important, with, I would say, people that's not important, you know, just because, just because it's socially... And I started to kind of, you know, analyze that and say, I want to spend time with the persons that really, you know, that are important for me, that care about me, that I care about them. And in, in that sense, I know that I could not change ever, anything if I would be back home. But just going back and not seeing her there. And it was funny that my brothers, they're like, you know, for you is more complicated to, to accept it because you're not here. You didn't see all the process. So for them, they, they really understood. They were like, for, for us, we were here. So we saw grandma, you know. That's got to be tough for them to kind of say that, even if they don't say it with any malice or anything. It's got to be tough to realize that, yeah. you know, the, e even this experience is different because I have chosen to live overseas. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, it's true. And and even that, you know, all my closest family, even that they didn't want to, but most of them, well, as soon as I was there, they're like, but when are you back? You know, and they forget that even a bunch of other comments, but they forget that, it's difficult for me as well already being there and accepting and understanding that yeah my grandma is not there anymore and I think I still I'm still processing that information because I was there for two two weeks and now, now I'm back and I think the next time I go back home I, it will hit me again mm. because I again I'm not there so yeah. I don't have time to process it I think I think a lot of people there's always differences in one of the things that one of the things that we 
are trying to do with migration media overall, not just my podcast, is kind of address this idea of expat versus migrant. You know, the idea that we have agency and we have choice and we're also from the West, we have the label expat as opposed to migrant, right? And that association has with it a lot of glamour and like, oh, you live overseas and you have these cosmopolitan, wonderful experiences. Isn't your life just great? And well, yeah, I mean, you've, you've talked about a really great story and all these wonderful places you've visited, all these great things you've learned and how much you value it. But even with all of that, the very act of moving overseas, you are leaving so much behind and it is such a sacrifice and it can, it can really amplify the, the problems that the problems don't go away. Actually, there are people, I'll have to do a show on this one day with someone, but there's, you know, I've had conversations with people, especially after the first few years you live overseas, you can always tell the people that won't make it. After one or two years, you you can just see them because they're not people who are here because they want to be here. They're people who have run from something. You know, they've had the choice, they've made the choice, but they're living overseas because they don't want to deal with something back home and they don't want to deal with something in the last place they were at. So they just move, 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 move. And those people, you can see them a mile away. The people who, I think, choose to live overseas because it's part of what drives them, it's part of who they are, there you are dealing with your stuff, but you have to deal with it in such a more complex way because you're removed from your family. You're removed from the place that you came from. And I think a lot of people don't appreciate that. And again, we have a lot of privilege because we choose to live overseas and our lives are, for the most part, pretty good if we're in this economic strata that we're in. But it doesn't mean that there aren't huge sacrifices that we make to, to do this. And, um, you know, I've... I, I really I want to thank you for for sharing that. It's it's very important. I would like to say also that I hope you stay overseas <laughs> because I am a big proponent of the work you're doing. Yeah. I think you're doing some important work. Uh, you work in the F and B industry here. You do a lot of food importing, and you know I'm a big vegan, and you're working in that space. So we don't have to get into the details. Very exciting new project. Yeah, yeah. We we don't have to get into the details, but you know I think what you're doing, being a bridge builder and trying to create new opportunities in the market try to create um, new options for people in the market I think is really exciting and I hope you stay well I I think I think I'm staying at <laughs> least for a little while and it is true I, I I'm really happy with with my life in, in in Beijing and with the work I'm developing I think it's one of the things that keeps me here is because I'm really passionate about what I'm doing and I see things happening every day you know that we together with my team we're building things and you really see the transformation not just you know within the company but within you know the the team that I have working with me because they're also like growing in this in this process and and yeah I think I think it's it's important to it will take me probably a little while to you know to feel that I'm definitely back And I think one of the things Beijing or China brought me is, so I've had this other, you know, living abroad experiences, Spain, Mexico, Holland, but China, Beijing in this case, it's, I think it's a place that really forces you to get to know yourself more than any others that I've lived in. So it's really a place where you really have to understand about yourself and who are you as a person and why are you doing this and that's not easy sometimes to think about it and to and to reflect about it but 
it, it's happening with me. I think it's happening with most of the persons that really like to live abroad that are living in China. Because here, it's such a different place. And it's such... You have so many things that you can, you know, not understand or you cannot agree with. But then you decided to live here, right? So there has to be... There's, there's so many questions popping up and that really made you, you know, understand better in terms of who you are. Well, I've enjoyed getting to know you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Again, my thanks to Joanna for coming in during this difficult time to share her thoughts and her feelings. It's really important that we have these discussions. If you enjoyed this conversation, please reach out and let us know. You can find us on Twitter. We are at migrationmedia underscore. I'm always excited to hear your questions and your comments. And if you have any ideas for guests, if you have anyone who's interested, who's living overseas, please let us know. We'd love to talk to them. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks.